This is the one with K9! Naked Doctor! Captain Beefcake! Human Time Lord Metacrisis! And Curling with Daleks! It's called Journey's End! Here we go! We're still on our endless voyage All through time and all through space With Slovene and Angels now Dalek, Simus, Uden, wow Tennant, Smith and Eccleston And Capaldi, he's the man Doctor Who is cool again That was Russell's master plan Who back when? Reviewing all new Who there is Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes please Rose and Donna, Amy Pond Rory, Martha and beyond Join us on this odyssey What other choice could there be but Who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Dogpast. Be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better be hilarious for the next hour or so, because we're reviewing Journey's End, N055. That's right, which, by the way, now ties New Who with Classic Who yes. on Who Back When. <gasps> Ooh. That's right. I've caught them up. <laughs> <laughs> Soon there will be nothing but New Who's. <laughs> Uh, I've got a bone to pick with that statement in this oh, episode, by the way. Okay. Anyway, we, we, we haven't even got there yet. I have a counter to your bone. Oh, oh blimey. Wow. Sounds... <laughs> uh, Drew, could you leave the room for a moment? <laughs> <laughs> While I leave the room, do you want to do a B-scale? Let's do that. Time for us to synopsize, lubify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free-for-all we like to call a bicycle of who. Everyone survives last week's cliffhanger as the Doctor takes his uncontrollable profusion of regenerative energy and directs it precisely at his glove compartment. Martha teleports to an ominous-looking castle in Germany whence to destroy the world. Meanwhile, everyone else, including all of the companions who didn't get to feature in Part 1, head to the Crucible. Except, of course, for Gwen and Yanto, who are busy fingering a bullet time effect, and Luke and K9, who are just hanging out. Also, Donna's hearing heartbeats, which is bloody weird. Ba-bum. <laughs> Be scout over, you are welcome. Yeah. Aren't you just? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we open with a recap of last episode. Will there be an explosion so big this week, Rose has to turn around and look at it, or is that impossible? <laughs> <laughs> Where is Reggie Yates? Oh, yeah. So many questions being asked, but I have a genuine question to start off with. Oh, go for it. Which concerns our main villain this week, Davros. Where are you supposed to look at? On his face. You mean Ooh. which eye to gaze at? Yeah. As in his hollow eye sockets or the glowing blue effect on his forehead that often is cut off by the camera. Oh. oh. Because I was looking at the directing during this episode increasingly going, well, I can't be supposed to look up there, but that's where he's seeing from, right? Yeah, so <laughs> because his, <laughs> I always look at his eye sockets, but yeah, you're right, there's nothing there. Yeah. We get, I guess we should be looking at him in the eye. Are we being dreadfully rude really by just staring rude. at his empty eye sockets? <laughs> well, we're not as rude as the director. That's true. just cropping it entirely. <laughs> and I don't know, it, it distracted me during this episode. I'm not used to looking at Davros. I haven't for a while. Mm. It's strange. They should be. They should know what they're doing. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to encounter the the history of the third eye in Classic Who at some points. Does Do he you not have a third eye in the beginning? Then it, I. I mean, I'm assuming that it's like an augmentation, like some sort of weird technological thingamajiggy that he's added. Mm. Yeah, because when we meet him as a little boy on a battlefield, he's just oh, a yeah. little yeah. boy. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's like a regular humanoid, and now yeah. I good guess point. it's emulating the Daleks' like eye stalks. Yeah, but um, that's yeah. probably exactly what it is. He's like yeah. he's like the scientist who drank the um stuff that gave him the stomach ulcer to oh. prove that it was caused by bacteria. He drank a stomach ulcer. He drank bacteria <laughs> to prove that it was caused by a stomach ulcer, except his was 
so he could take over the world with universe with you're right that's a machines. perfect analogy <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how self experimentation <laughs> is what I was trying to get around to there we go <laughs> the last episode was so tense it's like everybody's yeah. gonna die there's no possible way to get out of this the Doctor Who's regenerating and what's gonna happen nothing within the first minute all it's, of that just disappears yeah. there's so much hand waving that, is that <laughs> was that a pun <laughs> <laughs> let's call it a pun <laughs> yeah I mean, <laughs> that is sort of a Doctor Who-y thing, though, isn't it? Like, you end on a cliffhanger and absolutely nothing's going to pan out. Yeah. Like, there's never any real peril. But normally it's just, like, the Doctor's in peril and then he gets his, himself out of it, but it's just every In this case, yeah, they took it... Like, they, Sarah Jane, Gwen and Yento. Yeah, they turned it up to 11, you're right. Yeah. Wait, should we talk about the cliffhanger? Like, the, the, the only cliffhanger that really matters, his regeneration. Yeah. yeah, let's stop there. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I mean, so, is it really that easy? You have, you're undergoing a regeneration hitherto it, it's not something that the doctor can control it's just mm. something that happens it's a part of his you know biology physiognomy but in this case he's just like eh, whatever I used it to heal myself and was it his plan all along it's like did he keep the hand thinking that he would do that I don't think so like I think he just kept the hand because like, a that's a cool trinket. It's an icebreaker in <laughs> parties, and he must have had. It ran the TARDIS for a while, didn't it? Like he used it for power. I think he had malice of forethought because I don't think in the middle of a regeneration you have the foresight to think. Oh, this is exactly what I'll do. He's like, as soon as I start doing the orange Kool Aid effect, straight over there. That's where I'm pointing. Yeah, I better remember this. Ah, oh. I think so. It was. Too Did you like it? Mm. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Yeah. I utterly hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hated it as well. With every fibre of my being. Yeah. I mean, this this series, we've already had what for me was, until this point, the ultimate anti-climax, which was in Forest of the Dead. Oh, look, they have used the squareness gun, peril over, mm. reset. And that ruined the that first 20 minutes of that That was nothing compared to this. I know. I remember so, how upset you were by that one cliffhanger. But, but <laughs> so <laughs> My question for you is, did this ruin the first few minutes of your episode or were you able to move on pretty quickly no it, ruined, it definitely ruined the opener for me I was just like oh like, let's not put any thought into the writing then let's just yeah. shazam everything okay exactly and why just because maybe Tennant still has a few episodes on his contract yeah. like, oh, we don't really know what we're doing with the show we haven't cast anyone else yet Matt Smith is an unknown like no in a way I feel like Tennant's Doctor is already dead now yeah. like this is it we're, we're getting fluff until yeah. Matt Smith shows up at Basically. this point Oh, well, I don't know about that. Um, but I remember that at the time, and I don't remember the details, but I remember vaguely at the time, with all the caveats of nine years removal post-memory, there was a lot of discussion over, did this constitute a full regeneration? Yeah. Was he now yeah. the 11th Doctor somehow? And since we were coming up to the 12 regenerations or lifetimes limit, yeah, what did that mean? And that's exactly the case, isn't it? I mean, it, that's what I've written. He's wasted a regeneration, and this regeneration only lasts him, what, four episodes or something, and until we get Matt Smith. Do they count it as a... when they're counting the does. doctors? Does it not? I don't think, well, no, because Matt Smith do. comes along, he's the 11th. Yeah. It's the 11th hour. It's the fall of the 11th. So they completely paper over Because I think, I guess that they're saying it's not a full regeneration. He uses it a bit and then cancels it. I'm going to look this up because <laughs> I, I swear this counts and uh, this is why Matt, Matt Smith wouldn't have been the last one. He would have... There would have been one more. Right? Hang on, I'm looking this up. Regeneration. But then... But then it turned out that there was the war, the doctor, war doctor anyway. Yeah. So that's what actually oh, bumps it up to 12, even though you've just had the... But 11. the war doctor doesn't really count because that was chemically induced. Uh, the, the sisterhood of 
Khan gave him the magic... calling everything Khan! <laughs> the sister of Khan! Uh, gave him the magic potion. They were like, oh, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a healer? Do you want to be a fighter? Do you want to be a whatever? It's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, give me that one. War yeah, Doctor, but boom. The, but then at the end, Rose turns up again and somehow makes him into a full-on Doctor and he's rehabilitated. I think he is a Doctor because I, I think it always bothered me that they, they kind of said, oh, he, I didn't use that name. He never called himself the Doctor during the war years, but he was he was a Doctor and it, did, it does count as a regeneration. Yeah, it's not like you get 12 Doctors, Plus. 12 Butchers, 12 Bakers, yeah. 12 <laughs> Candlestick Makers, is it? Okay, so uh, I, I'm going off TARDIS Wiki here. There are 13 lives, 12 regenerations, and 13 lives for any time lord mm. capaldi is the 12th well are we counting hurt then no we're not we're not counting hurt no because so, it's so, so, induced. so hurt is just mcgann on steroids basically yeah oh well sort of right so hurt is like the mr hyde of the dr jekyll mcgann all right so hurt is like the incredible hulk what was it so keep the, going the keep going more of them more of them of more of them, <laughs> more of them. <laughs> but my point is is that this debate was raging back then so rtd had muddied the waters and they've only got muddier since but they were pretty muddy back then anyway but i thought as well that matt smith was the end and that was going to be the last one and then he got given all the extra la- regenerations in the war doctor years no mm. capaldi got given all the oh, extra capaldi got yeah, given exactly. well potentially we don't know if he's got lots more he at the very least got one more regeneration into capaldi at the end of the 50th right? no but that yeah so because matt smith was going to die yeah. that was his last life but how was that his last life if capaldi's only the 12th yeah that- well hurt so 13 <laughs> Oh goodness! <laughs> so like, maybe, so maybe you're right. Maybe Tennant did take two. But in summary, all this for the sake of the most anticlimactic cliffhanger resolution in Doctor Who history. Yeah. Because how amazing yeah. would it have been to do a new regeneration and a new Doctor with absolutely no forewarning, like nobody knew it was going to happen, and then just boom, you've got a new Doctor. Rather than by the end of the specials, we yeah. all knew that it was Tennant's time was up, and, and it was just like, oh god, come on, like give us a new guy already. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah, to just cut it in its prime would have been. But, and it's also it it is a season finale mm, yeah. no, i mean normally the regeneration happens on a special right it normally happens on christmas am i right in saying that i feel like i'm right in saying that eggleston turn into tenants at christmas mm. tenant turn into matt smith at christmas or new year's, the new year's um, matt smith turned into capaldi for was that a christmas special the 50th anniversary i feel like it was 50th anniversary was november but it was his own oh, right. special event it was a special, yeah okay yeah. Capaldi's yeah, last episode will be this christmas yeah okay mm. so there we go Given that at this point there's not another season, we get all these specials lined up. I'm assuming that contractually they they didn't even really know if when and what was going to happen. Yeah. Right. So this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Right. Ugh. And also it means that you can avoid Dalek Khan going. Someone has to die. Then <laughs> <laughs> no one actually properly does. Mm. Yeah. We need to stop opening all our episodes with the thorniest, most difficult questions. Yeah. We need to be fluent for ten minutes and then get bogged down. Yeah. <laughs> let's okay let's be fluent then check your flow what have you got <laughs> uh, just how poor all of the old companions were no so like sarah jane sarah jane has two lines basically and uh she goes one step closer to the doctor which means nothing and yeah. it's stupid and then oh my god at the end when when her and rose are like oh the this is the worst. Like, oh nice, nice to see you, see you. 
time. Oh, oh yes. Oh, both of you. So awful. That Absolutely was so awful. bad. Plus, I mean, the, the the whole Mickey, Ricky, Jackie, Tyler, and, and Sarah Jane subplot is... What are they doing there? It's terrible. It is terrible. They, they're only there because, oh, we're going to have a reunion. Just like Canine is only there because yeah. they have to have a reunion. It's absolutely dreadful. Okay, worst moment for me in their little subplot. When they are on the Crucible, Sarah Jane just runs off and goes in like she uses her sonic lipstick, by the way. <laughs> oh, is it a lipstick? Yeah, sonic oh lipstick. She uses that to open a door and then mm. Mickey Ricky's just like, yeah, I guess I'm going to bolt as well. <laughs> no one notices. <laughs> <laughs> the Daleks don't notice. You'd assume that they're looking. Oh, when they're lining everyone up. Yeah, yeah. and the other people who are lined up, they don't go, oh my God, take me with you. <laughs> you know? And that woman falls over nothing. Why is she on the floor and can't get up? Because oh. she can't stand. Can't stand. Oh no. My foot's oh. gone to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Worst possible moment. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Really oh, get- and then that <laughs> bit really annoyed me because they do the whole really dramatic countdown and they get to zero and you're like, holy Shit. Like, Jackie's still there. She's gonna die. It was like, oh no, wait. We've still got all the planets have to do their thing. The yeah. countdown was a little bit pointless. I, I, <laughs> You've got whole, another three minutes easily. That that whole thing was pointless to me. So to test, quote, the calibration of the reality bomb, end quote, which is to be used on the whole universe, <laughs> yeah. the Daleks kill a dozen or so unchecked bundled humans at close range. Mm. Like, oh, let's, let's try. Let's check the calibration. <laughs> We're not gonna try it on a planet. I yeah. mean, like, they... T- this is the Death Star. Yeah. yeah. This is the Death Star. The Death Star in Star Wars was tested on Alderaan. The, yeah. like, this is what you do. You're going to blow up planets. Uh, maybe try it on a planet. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're going to try it. We're going to blow up the whole universe. Yeah. All of reality. Let's try it on these 12 people. Because. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if they disappear, whether we've dissolved them or they've run away, either way, it's fine. Who's <laughs> <laughs> counting? As long as they're not there at the end. <laughs> story checks out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very specific. It just... Like, the idea of the reality bomb is that it undoes all atoms into nothing. Yeah. So, using, using a trap code form. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a special effect that costs about $49. <laughs> really? So, and yeah. they, make a, they make a huge deal out of it as well. And it's everybody- like, look, we can put it on this otherwise useless extra who we learned to hate <laughs> two minutes ago as well. Everybody has to sound like Jesus while you get vaporized as well. They have their palms forward. Is that- I they didn't notice that. They all stand yeah, stock they do. still straight upright with their with, palms like, forward. Clearly green screen. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean I don't mean to say that. Oh, it's a very cheap effect. It is a cheap effect, but I don't mean to criticize it. However, there are some other effects, like the Death Star blowing up in this one looks gorgeous. Yeah, like when they blow up the Dalek Death Star, whatever. The Crucible. That's the one. That looks beautiful. Yeah. So then, why did they give this effect to fucking intern? Like the yeah. Anyway, whatever. Well, at least it has a precedent in that the Daleks gather a whole line of people together and they don't know who's there and they're not really watching. This is exactly what happened in Evolution of the Daleks when the Doctor just rocked up in the line. Oh, yeah. And they were like, Oh, no, we didn't see you coming, even though you're right there. (laughs) You're right. Time Lord Treachery. (laughs) You're right. You're absolutely right. But, but, there were were only... The difference is there are only four Daleks, the Cult of Scaro, watching that lot. And a bunch yeah, of there are thousands of them. Watching them from every conceivable direction in three dimensions. And, and cons- I mean, presumably, considering that this is the one and only test of the reality bomb, probably 
everyone is looking, including Davros is looking, right? Like, everyone is checking this out. Yeah, no wasn't one... it all on screen? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. This, is the, this, is, this is everyone rocking up to check out Alderaan. <laughs> These 12 people are Alderaan, and no one is paying attention. Mm. No one notices a, on the wrong side of 50, person with a sonic lipstick <laughs> walking off to the side and going, bleep, 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 slowly. Yeah. I can only assume that Daleks have... That's not ageism, by the way. Hitherto unmentioned subcutaneous iPhones, that they're just distracted by every couple of seconds. <laughs> like just an advert in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to play Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah. They're all playing Candy Crush. Is the thing. That's why nobody knows what's going on. Neither of you have pinpointed the worst moments of this little mini Scooby gang. And that is Mickey smooching his gun the size of a planet. Before oh, he oh, oh, yes. <laughs> because now Mickey is the ultimate badass as yeah. well. Also, yeah, no, but not very good. Jack throws the gun at Mickey and then and then you zoom out and you realise he's literally stood next to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, just hand the gun over. Like, it's, it's, fairly, it's fairly big and quite heavy. Would you really throw it? <laughs> also, they both came out of the TARDIS. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just pick up a gun, Mickey. Each. Yeah, yeah one each. <laughs> Don't make Jack do all the heavy lifting. Captain Beefcake. Oh, Captain Beefcake. Great name, though. Yeah. Love Captain Beefcake. I don't know. I quite love Chap- Captain Cheesecake also. Oh, that's yes. Captain Cheesecake. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Captain Cheesecake and Mickey Mouse. (laughs) I actually really liked that little reunion there. Yeah, that was quite quite sweet. sweet. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Better than than Sarah Jane and Rose, anyway. Did you like all of the uh, Captain Beefcake references to uh, wanting to... Well, basically, bone down with everyone. Ooh, three doctors. The three doctors. You have no idea what's going on in my mind. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, we, we, we have a pretty good idea, Jack. We get that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do like a human centipede of, of, uh, <laughs> of boning. <laughs> did you like, in reverse, did you like all the people wanting to bone down with Captain Jack? Mainly Donna. Uh, Donna, and we also get a shot of Sarah Jane just swooning after having been hugged by him. Mm. I mean, it's just absurd. The orgasmic potential of his hugs is off the <laughs> charts. Like, he hugs her, and she literally is like, her eyes are rolling back towards her medulla oblongata. It's just like, I'm coming so hard! It's incredible. Although she, and she is a mother. She, Yeah, I was say, she also <laughs> nearly orgasms when she finds out her son's alive, though. She does the whole, like, head flip thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm I mean, wow. She just hasn't had any in a long time, I think. No. Yeah. Oh, by the way, in our review of part one, mm. we were criticizing the, the 14-year-old Luke. 14. 14. 14. Was. Yeah, we were yeah. discussing his age at the time. Yes. We were criticizing Luke as being this know-it-all, this mm. human computer type character. This yes. Like, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> this this tech speak spouter. Yeah. I, I looked him up. It turns out there's a reason for this, and that is that I can't quite remember exactly what it was, but, <laughs> but he is either alien or a computer, like a supercomputer that has taken on the sh- the form, the shape of a human boy. Like is, a- he, is he the love child of Sarah Jane and Mr. Smith? <laughs> Might be. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's that's the reason why. And I, I read that shortly after um, we had recorded part one, which yeah. is why I, I popped that on the website for part one and then promptly forgot about it. And then in this episode, she starts talking about like, oh, he's only 14 years old. He's just a mm. child. But he's not. Like, I mean, this is what it says online. The internet is never wrong. This kid can probably be, you know, left on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I thought that that was a positive, though, to this episode. Because last week, I was like... That he was not in it. Yeah, please, <laughs> please, Luke, don't turn out to be the crux upon which yeah. the episode is resolved. And thank goodness he wasn't. In fact, did he even have a line apart from, Hi, Mum. <laughs> that was it. Oh, I had a real bugbear about that. So, 
returning to my notes. Marie uh, has made eight pages of notes. <laughs> podcast this is okay. amazing. It's quite a small notebook. I <laughs> should let you know. Um, no, okay. So Sarah Jane, when she brings out the diamond that's going to destroy the, the warp crystal, star, the warp star. Yeah. Um, and she says a line about, "I have a son back on Earth. Therefore, I have a very real stake in the, this society." Oh my god, that annoyed me so much. It's like only people with children care about Earth. Like <laughs> it, it just it it drives me mad. Like because you're a mother, you therefore have a better moral code yeah. than somebody that doesn't have children. Like yeah, only mothers really know how to care. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that Andrea Ledson's on? Well, basically was. Yeah, yeah, that was what my quote was. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that really pissed me off. Yeah, this episode proves that daughters don't care. For example, we mm. have Martha who's got the Esther Hagen key yeah and uh, she's perfectly happy to sacrifice her mum whereas by the logic of this episode if the mum were in that situation she would not be happy to sacrifice martha i don't think martha is perfectly happy to sacrifice her mum martha no but she's gonna go she's she is going to go through with it right can i can we go back to that as well because so the i wrote this down the line is the suffering of the human race is so great and so without hope that we have yeah it's a Um, large-scale euthanasia device yeah, yeah but the at this point, they haven't heard the Daleks' plan. Only the Doctor and the people in the Crucible know the full plan. That's and true. Is the suffering... on Skype? No, no, no. That was that came later. Oh, yeah, okay. came... yeah, yeah. And Martha on Skype. She already knows this. She... So it's at this not... point, they've rounded up a handful of humans. They've exterminated yeah. them. But then they've left because Donna's mom was like, yeah. "Oh, the ships are going. They're leaving. It's all over." Yeah. And nobody else knows what the plan is. At, at this point, we're saying that the human race is doomed and let's blow everybody up. Yeah. And basically, like, we're yeah. all gonna die. So let's kill ourselves first yeah, yeah exactly that makes no sense makes no sense you're yeah. absolutely right she doesn't know that they're part of some super weapon no like she says i assume because of the planet thing blah blah, blah but it's a big assumption to make well, she's, yeah, like, it is. she's also met the daleks she yeah, knows what they're about it's not just martha two other people have the husker harden key and uh, they're ready to pull it ah uh, yes yeah. yeah you're right and they they need a minimum of three three and there are how many Esterhagen keys? I think there are five stations, but there are 25 nuclear warheads. Right, okay. Yeah. They just need three out of the five to activate them. Mm. So, I think they're a bit trigger happy. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think you're right. So the the German scene... The, mm. the, let's dominieren! Yeah, I mean, okay, so, okay, yeah, let's address that first. Exterminieren, very weird word to use in German, <laughs> even though it's, I mean, it's correct. But how creepy was it to hear Dalek speak German, mm. given that they were a originally designed to be this space equivalent of Nazis. That mm. was the whole idea. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, we have listeners in Germany. This isn't meant in any you know bad way, but that's what they originally represented. Now we're actually hearing them speak German. Very yeah. weird. It's like a full circle type thing. And mm. dropping geographical references to Nuremberg. Ex- yes, you're right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Holy smokes! I didn't think. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are other cities in Germany. Yeah, uh, <laughs> probably within sixty miles of Nuremberg. <laughs> yeah. Does this also, by the way, prove the fact that she is now transported to Martha? I mean, is now transported to Nuremberg. Does that mean that Project Indigo, whatever teleporter vest, does read her mind slash heart? Yeah, is that it? Because th- there's no like toggle. Because she she, just... co- she now knows how to control it. Oh, she knows the base code, so she can control it now. Oh, she said that. that's what it is. Yeah. So how could she control it to get home the last time? Mm. Yeah, yeah, doesn't really. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that's when it fused with a mindy hearty wibbly wobbly. <laughs> oh. I guess that is scientifically You get like one free shot and then after that you need the base code. Everyone gets one. (laughs) 
Okay, yeah. so anyway, so she's taken to Nuremberg. Yeah. And there's this... Uh, the German lady. There's the German lady. Who's obsessed with the glamour of London. Yeah, I know. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so glamorous. <laughs> I was the talk of Carnaby Street. I was the one hot thing in the Cold War. Me and Anita Pallenberg literally fucked the whole city. <laughs> She actually says she heard all of the soldiers talking about the Esterhagen key. Yeah, which is supposed to be top secret. Exactly. It's mm. top secret. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. There were lots of soldiers. Because Martha just keeps fucking telling yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and follow-up question. Where are the soldiers? Why is this whole station just guarded by one German lady? Well, she said that they, aban- they abandoned it. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Well, that's very irresponsible. So all the soldiers abandoned it, and yeah. the only person who's there who didn't aban- abandon her post is the one person who doesn't want it to be used. Yeah. Well, exactly. What, just shoots Wouldn't, the person who arrives but there. But what was then, her post? Does she work there? Random old lady? Yeah, I took her to be like the Igor of this German castle. Like, she's just, <laughs> she's just sort of hanging out in this castle with a broomstick every now and then, like sweeping up dust. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And occasionally pointing fucking lugers at... Uh, was that a luger? Ladies. Wasn't it? Well, I, well, that's what I... Oh, I fuck, lo- wait. No, I looked it up online and I thought... Did, did I just German racist the hell out no, of that scene? No, I'm sorry. I, I genuinely think... <laughs> it's a really old-fashioned gun. Yeah, like, they went for the full-on World War yeah. II bunker effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fair play to them for using that, <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I'm Googling Journey's End German lady. To pick up on a note from you last week in the interim, Marie, Ooh. you were talking about Torchwood's tiles being from the underground ah. uh, tile factory. Oh, yeah. This German set was also covered in tiles, so mm. I think they got a job lot. Job lot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any more hanging around that we yeah. can dress a set with? We can give you an offer if you buy 50,000 of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't find the screenshot. Presumably it wasn't a Luger, you're probably right. But No, I'm not saying it wasn't a Luger, I'm saying, well played, they got all the set dressings and props that they could to make it as German as possible. Yeah. Or Ugh. as cinematically German as possible. Do you know what I really hated about that character, the German She wasn't lady. eating a bratwurst. <laughs> no, I mean, it, her German was perfectly fine, but the... Uh, she wasn't wearing lederhosen. Way better than Martha's, but no, you're right. <laughs> In lieu of all of those tropes, she went ahead and just slapped a massive dong of the other trope uh, on the table, the uh, uh, let's mix languages mid-sentence trope. Mm. It's like, uh, you are the Albtraum, not the others. You know, they're, they're like, oh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. Like, oh, come oh, it's on. It's not the fact that some German words don't have a precise English translation? A precise I, d- English I don't know equivalent? what you're going to do. Alpham just means nightmare. I mean, the, oh, really? It, oh, it, you know that, that <laughs> trope of we're going to identify someone as a foreign character yeah. by just having them Trying randomly... Again. Yeah, she might as well go like this, unto this other thing. Um, was all the German... Did you have subtitles when you watched it? No. No. I was wondering whether... Because sometimes Netflix doesn't subtitle very well. I was wondering whether they were supposed to be or whether they just left it in German. I don't know. I didn't have subtitles. I assumed that it was meant to be understood contextually. Yeah. Even though when they first talk to each other, that's a good point, actually. No, there's no way of figuring it out, right? They just speak German with each other. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on in that scene. Apart from when Martha said, Ich heiße Martha Jones! <laughs> yeah, I, and the I, German was that. like, oh good, you did year seven German, I can talk about nightmares with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. And actually, the, that it loses all the like, the oomph of the final line between them. She says in German, "Go to hell." I wonder. Or like, yeah. oh, sorry, you're going to hell. We were talking about that. I kind of vaguely sounded like going. Yeah, you're going to hell. I can't remember what she yeah. says. Like, to hell with you. But yeah, if you like don't that. know any German at all, then because yeah, I did, yeah. I, did, I got year nine German. Thank you very much. Oh, oh did you? Well done. I wasn't yeah. saying you didn't. <laughs> How dare you, Drew? But yeah, if you bragging. If you know no Shit. German, there's a lot of people out there that just might not have any clue. Then maybe yeah. there are subtitles. Maybe or oh, sorry, maybe there were subtitles originally on the BBC. Yeah, and, and we then, just didn't get them in. in yeah. a, I don't know. Fucking Osterhagen thing. Sorry, I'm <laughs> dropping f bombs now. The 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 reason that she isn't using the Osterhagen key is because she has. Potentially one more race up her sleeve, and presumably that is the Doctor, mm, right? Yeah. Well, and the threat of using the Osterhagen key. But that's not a threat. Like, oh, well, wh- she knows it is one of two things. Either the Daleks are going to blow up the Earth. Oh, we're going to blow up ourselves first. I don't know. <laughs> that's not a threat. <laughs> the middle way, the third option is we will blow up the Earth. If if it turns out yeah. that you need the Earth for some even greater nefarious purpose. Yeah, so let's start sure. negotiating. Uh, negotiating? With Daleks? There's no negotiating. Exactly. There's no negotiating with a, with a fucking Dalek. pepper pot. No. They, she's going to go, oh, you need us in order to do this. Well, we're going to blow ourselves up in that case. Oh. Oh. Okay, worst maybe case, we can negotiate. Yeah, worst, ca- worst case, stalemate until the Daleks go, ah, blow them out of the sky, we'll find another planet to yeah. take its place. Yeah, that's it. There was a lot of the Daleks going, ah, in this episode. <laughs> ah. Anyway, so she doesn't do it, just like uh, Sarah Jane Smith and, and Captain Hot Pants. That it, makes more sense as a threat. What, the Deus Ex Warp Star? The, to, uh, to look, blow up the Crucible. That makes, yeah, you're yeah. right. That makes way more sense. Because we will save the other planets then. With this one thing that we haven't heard of until just now, <laughs> which presumably was picked up in, in the Sarah Jane Adventures. Maybe, right? Yeah, maybe. But not that many people watch Sarah Jane Adventures as far as I'm aware. So, I mean, of the same age bracket yeah. that I watched Doctor Who. So, for all intents and purposes, this is a deus ex machina. This is just like, out of nowhere, here's a thing that we can use that we could have maybe brought up in part one. I mean, I'm just saying. Mm. We're going to the Crucible. Oh, wait, quick. Don't forget the the warp star. Yeah. Rock, diamond, whatever it was called. Yeah. And it's not even that they, the Daleks overcome the threat of the warp star in a clever way. It's just, use the teleporter. Hooray, we are supreme again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every single person is then just beamed out of there. Mm. Including Martha from some subterranean uh, Esterhagen base thingy. Mm. Yeah, I think that the German Daleks also were underused. Yeah, they they could have they could have beamed up to see see the Supreme Dalek and said something like "Sieg Heil Daleks Führer." Oh my goodness, <laughs> that'd have been cool, right? Do you know what would have been great? She accidentally uses the Project Indigo beam vest to get. She wants to get to Nuremberg, but she accidentally lands in like Paris, and you have French Daleks, and then she goes to Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, wouldn't that be that'd be amazing I want to hear Daleks speak something else than English that'd be great anyway uh, alright so everyone gets beamed out point about the beaming the Daleks refer to it as they are transmatted out of there Good. yes which I think is a reference to T-mat which is a beaming technology brought up in classic who in a Trouton mm. serial the seeds of death nice an ice warrior serial which is either really good or really bad and he- consequently really fun I can't remember I remember really enjoying it yeah we've already reviewed it L- 
to have a listen, podcast land. But yeah, so there's the, there's a this technology, human technology called TMAT. It's just like a box. You step into it, and then when you open the box and you step back out, you are elsewhere. It's that's that's a bit the like the it, The box doesn't beam. What is inside gets beamed. It's literally like the Star Wars beaming yeah. without the. Effect the glimmer. How do you effect. step out if the box? You don't mean Star Trek. Did I say Star Wars? Yes. Oh, oh shit! I'm sorry. No. I just Obama did. I, oh, I, I, no. I meant Star Trek. Yeah. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bo- live long and prosper, Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> if the box doesn't beam, what do you step out of? It it beams everything that is in. It, imagine the fly. Oh shit! Why did I overcomplicate this? <laughs> it is a beaming device where instead of a, like the track pad, the the track pad, the transport pad yeah. in Star Trek yeah. is inside a box. You yeah. step inside the box, boop, you disappear, and there's another box somewhere, boop, you appear. Oh, there are two boxes. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah, that's. I'm the with thing. you now. Anyway, it's called Team. Oh, fuck it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there's just too many mats in Doctor Who in general. There's a cyber mat as well. Is it Matt Smith? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did I just? Destroy that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you just took my next line. Oh, oh I see. Oh, which is okay. worse. No, damn it. Ah. I'm sorry. But yeah, and then we get the doctors, well, the other doctors attempt at a rescue. Oh, we get <laughs> oh, we get a bit before that, though. Oh, we do. We get the TARDIS is in peril, like I've never seen, really. Yeah. I mean, the TARDIS mm. always lands sunny side up, but here it's thrown into the like lava. molten core. Yeah. And side note, this molten core is exactly why we didn't have a massive molten core at the um, center of the library i imagine because they just couldn't figure out how to do two effects <laughs> <laughs> one a different color maybe we'd have been like we've seen that before yeah maybe i i'm being charitable and making that their excuse by the way the way to the core in this one where the tardis oh, is going yeah. through the the tunnel like the pipe like it the, the, handily the, just landed on a little trap door that's the exact shape of the tardis oh i didn't even think about that yeah <laughs> good point by which i mean awful work <laughs> how, how did that happen unless they're like the whole floor is just trap doors yeah. and they pick which one they want to activate but but yeah very good point but then the the effect of it going down mm. the you know the garbage chute that's wonderful because it's just like the opening theme effect yeah. of it going through the time vortex except now it's made out of metal rather than whatever vortex energy mm. cool but you know what what that what that scene told me was that the tardis being in peril is more worrisome than the doctor being in peril the doctor is literally replaceable he's been replaced a dozen times mm. the yeah. tardis if that goes he's forever fucked that's it well, yeah, you're know, right. he, well, he can make another TARDIS. There was, there was meant to be, I haven't watched it, I think it actually is on the DVD, there was meant to be a different ending scene, oh. which got cut, in which, sorry to skip to the end, but in which when they leave Human Doctor and Rose in the other dimension, the Doctor was meant to give him, like, this crystal, this, like, coral-type thing. Yeah. Uh, not crystal, sorry, coral, which would then grow into a TARDIS. It's like the heart of the TARDIS. Something like that, yeah. Mm. And then they cut it for whatever reason, but mm. it is replaceable in a way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's not I'm unique. Glad they cut that. There are, <laughs> yeah, there are multiple well. Tardises. It's just that his is his. Yeah. There are other. Tar- like he could. Yeah, but Gallifrey's gone, so he's not going to get another one. He could build another one. It seems like temporal wibbly wobbly science is even attainable to uh, Rose, uh, Rose, uh, Torchwood's yeah. unit. Like everyone has something, some timey wimey stuff. Yeah. That Torchwood invented the time lock or whatever it was called yeah, in this one. time bubble pretty, yeah. time bubble what but you have that kind of t- you don't need the doctor you don't <laughs> you don't need anyone you could freeze time yeah yeah they they could rick and morty that whole world exactly yes exactly oh my god spoiler for the season one cliffhanger <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
But I did like the scene with the Donna traps in the Z neutrino fireball and the, all the portholes and the headlights. How are many shots out of, of Roundel's blowing out did we have to see, though? Mm, true. Quite a few. It was a good scene, though. Yeah, I feel like I'm dumping too much on this episode. Uh, <laughs> Do you think that the Doctor cared more about Donna or the TARDIS at that point? Donna. Donna? Yeah, because he was saying, put me in her place. Oh, like, that's true. Yeah. Well, that is, that's sort it of was like, like a captain goes down with his ship type thing. Yeah. That's transparent, though, isn't it? Couldn't he just or zap out ship. the way? Yeah, he's, he's like, put me back in the TARDIS and that'll kill me. Wink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think how he said it, he was very much destroyed and he, like distraught and like, this is my friend. Don't like, don't do whatever you're doing to her, do to me instead. I yeah. think he was more about Donna at that moment. Oh, wait. Okay. Hey, hang on. Question. Sorry, I interrupted you again. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, riffing off what you just said, the whole like, oh, put me in the TARDIS and wink, maybe I'll get away from here anyway. The human doctor does get away. Like, they do pilot the yeah. TARDIS out of there, but the TARDIS had been deactivated using the temporal prison or the time prison or whatever it was called. It was turned off. And the doctor even says all of its defenses are down. Like, they have literally turned off the TARDIS. Hmm. How do they get out of there? I assume there was a little bit more marmalade gas and... Well, like the re- re- regeneration, whatever. Yeah, it rebooted it, turned it off and on again, restarted it, I don't know. Why could... Oh. <laughs> no, couldn't Donna just have done that? Oh, you mean, oh, from the hand? From, uh, from the human Dr. Metacrisis. It's a hand job type thing. Like, <laughs> use that. Is, that, is that what you're saying? You know, or is it a... Possibly. Because otherwise, it seems very irresponsible of the Daleks. And it's like, oh, we're just going to let go of this thing that can clearly beat us. And by the way, it will. Mm. They don't yeah. know that the Doctor has a hand in it. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but then they don't seem to know Donna's in there at all, actually. Really? So, oh, no, they do, because the Doctor protests, but they don't care. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Down there. That's true. That is true. I think they assume that she can't fly it, maybe, or... Yeah. Which she Potentially. Anyway, so. I can't remember. Mm. I have a feeling that the human Doctor then somehow hotwires it. And, yeah. And get, you have to have the knowledge of the Doctor in order to hotwire it. And... You have to be a human to know how to hotwire it. Ah. Ooh. No. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's that no. instinct of reaching under bonnets over, you know, literally two or three generations. <laughs> it's written in all our DNA. <laughs> Super racist. Time Lords are just as good a car thief as anyone. Anyway, well, so... the Doctor is uh, a car thief. Yeah. He is! That's my point! So you have to be a Doctor in order to hotwire a TARDIS, and because mm. there's just a human companion in there, maybe that's why the Daleks go, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like, I, she's I, gonna melt. I was annoyed that seeing the Doctor's hand, we didn't get, like, a Time Lord version of Thing scampering around everywhere. <laughs> oh, you're right. I was really looking forward to that and that was instantly dashed, that hope. Yeah. Oh, that would have been really good. But it did I lead into... Like did lead into his naked scene. Ooh. Yeah. How aroused were you on a scale from naught to ten? No, from naught to Sarah Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Jane all the way. <laughs> uh, no, I, I liked that scene. I liked Donna's, uh, you're naked. Oh, yes. <laughs> Looking oh, away. Yes. <laughs> because my bugbear with Donna in the past has been all this, like, sexual tension that isn't there that they kind of play on. But yeah. actually, when he's naked in front of you, there is a <laughs> was there a little bit of sexual tension? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't feel like there was. I, I felt that it was nothing but awkwardness from her side. Which like, is oh, what no, I should No, it's have... like you're my brother or possibly my legal guardian. I don't want to see you <laughs> naked. This is just going to raise an eyebrow. Like, I don't think that she was like, oh, wow, so wet right now. <laughs> the, 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 the 
way that she is, by the way, with, with Captain, Captain Jack. Jack yeah. yeah, so if you compare how she reacted there, where it was just like, put some clothes on, for goodness sake, to Captain Jack, please hug me. No, no, I mean it. Just <laughs> Shall we talk about the whole Dr. Donna, human doctor thing? Yeah. Well, we're going to have to, aren't we? That's because it cuts both ways in the end. Yeah. Mm. I actually quite liked Tennant doing an impression of Tate. Yeah, I think I probably agree with you on that uh, one. Yeah, I liked it More too. so than Tate Isn't doing an impression of him. wizard? <laughs> <laughs> I liked all the ha in the, at the end as well. The yeah, and the oi. And, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like one-liners that were quite... I've, I imagine that was a really fun like few scenes to shoot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That, you're probably right. But then every single time that he does an impression of her, he's just cementing the... <laughs> he's making the Rose's deal at the end worse and worse. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you're stuck with this human facsimile. He is a very realistic walking and talking real doll, but he's also part chav. And because they don't, yeah. they don't go into that in Bad Wolf Bay. It's like, I'm the doctor, and the only human part of me is the aging part. And But yeah, Rose doesn't really know what she signed up for, I think. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. she signed up for a Donna who's genocidal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, we... we <laughs> For some reason, the doctor, the real doctor, I mean, doesn't care about Rose anymore because it's just like, well, he's going to need a caretaker. Why don't, why don't you be <laughs> you that? You can do it, yeah. He could very easily just dump the genocidal doctor somewhere else. Mm. Right? Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah, feels very weird. Couldn't they all four, I mean, obviously you'd have to green screen the shit out of series five, <laughs> but couldn't they all four just run around in the TARDIS in their own, that single universe, our universe? Why do they have to split up again? Rose clearly would sacrifice her mum and little baby Tony and all that lot. certainly for two doctors yeah that's the relationship all of a sudden she goes like no don't, don't leave I just had two of you please <laughs> please Dr. <Doctor> Sandwich <laughs> <laughs> Eiffel Tower me now but the okay so I don't want to know I just don't want to know <laughs> okay w- wait hang on the, the human doctor committed genocides Yep. Of the Daleks. Mm. He killed the Daleks. And consequently, he has to be taken out of the equation. Eight, why? Has the real Doctor never committed genocide? Rachnos. Rachnos. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes, very re- same doctor. Yeah. Same yeah. companion. You had, is it Genesis of the Daleks where Tom Baker, I might be talking out of my ass here, but I think uh, Tom Baker at one point has the option, this legendary serial, Genesis of the Daleks, he has the option to kill the Daleks before they even turn into a species. Like it's the first Dalek or something. Mm. It's the Genesis and he can prevent it. And he chooses not to because that would be genocide. And this doctor does it and says, I will, I'm fulfilling the prophecy, presumably said prophecy. Mm. Like he's doing what Tom Baker Doctor didn't. Yeah. But I don't feel like this is reason enough to keep him out of our world. Mm. Like just dump him somewhere. He's hum- He's going to die uh, eventually. He's not going to regenerate. Just dump him somewhere. What's the problem? What's a big deal? Put him on Earth, for example. Yeah. He could work for Unit or Torchwood or something. Because he's got all the knowledge, but he doesn't have the TARDIS. So That's it. He can't really... And he's not going to regenerate. Yeah. So he's going to age. Yeah. Fine. Put him he on could Earth. Be a valuable and resource. then Rose could join the real Doctor in the TARDIS. And, and then that's he would it. never be alone again. Exactly. Yeah. And well, until she dies. And that way, Tennant could return to the show for the rest of his life, and the aging process is taken care of. So he doesn't have to wear makeup to look <gasps> younger or anything. Yeah. He need to just come back and again and again and again. Oh. That's brilliant that That is is brilliant that is brilliant (laughs) bbc why did you not do this 
Oh, that's oh. such a good idea. Mm. Either way, it, it, it really belittled, from, doc- from the Doctor's point of view, it belittled the connection between Rose and the Doctor. I, I disagree. I think that, um, so Rose's relationship with the Doctor can never be, he can never give her, like, a normal relationship. They can't have a family, they can't, like, grow old together, they won't, like, and so by giving him his duplicate, yeah. he said, you will, you will have a, a normal relationship where you will grow old. Cause otherwise she grows old and he's, yeah, he's this gonna young like, whippersnapper yeah, running he's around gonna like highlander her basically. Yeah. yeah and she's like 18 she's like doctor doctor don't leave me and he's like i've got to go and save this planet and yeah it didn't so- bother conor mcleod he just went underwater swimming swam it off <laughs> Connor McLeod, by the way, in the film or in the series, I can't remember. Actually, he was Colin McLeod in the series, but he was married to, he, he saw his wife off at her deathbed, on yeah. her deathbed, and, and she was in her 90s, and he was this super hot late 20s, early 30s dude. Tenant can do this! <laughs> that is not a problem! Yeah, he'll just sing Who Wants to Live Forever? Get on with his life. <laughs> <laughs> So much rests upon this one scene. Mm. Rose is happy because she has the doctor. No, she doesn't. She has a poor facsimile who is a war criminal and also part someone else. Mm. And she even says this very clearly on the beach in front of the facsimile. She, she says, he's not you. Yeah. Right? I want you. I just found you. Don't leave but, me. But, but, but that does lead to one of my favorite lines in this episode. I need you. That's very me. Oh, yeah. I yeah. really like that line. Yeah. Even if all this schlock led up to it but then he doesn't fulfill i mean he says yeah i need you or he needs you that's very me yes sorry yeah i.e i need you too i'm gonna leave okay so i'm not gonna have you i'm gonna try and defend this from another angle now okay because i quite liked it but um so if you leave human doctor on earth somewhere and just say just get on with it yeah he's what he's basically said to her you can date someone else for goodness sake no but what he said to her was that rose you found me when i was desperate and alone and had forgotten what like gone all northern and intense yeah. and weird and y- and you <laughs> saved me basically and so he doesn't his duplicate he doesn't want to just abandon him to unit where they will pick apart his brain and use all his knowledge and and, and dehumanize him more maybe he needs Do you him think to that have... would happen though i don't think that that would happen i think he would just be he would basically be the doctor working for unit or torchwood or whatever let's say unit in classic who for who back when we're currently going through pertwee's first season yeah and Pertwee is landlocked. He is stuck on Earth. He can't travel around. So he is working with slash four units. Yeah, but that's a that's generation fine. removed from now. The Doctor's current opinion and perception of unit is they're just idiot soldiers shooting at exhaust pipes, which, by the way, they absolutely are. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. But couldn't he change that? He's just... The human Doctor is just the person to change but that. But he, he needs a companion. Like, he always needs a companion. He's, he's no good when he's on his own. I think the retro rewrite is real Doctor and Rose travel the universe or time and space. Human Doctor is less Left on Earth works for units or Torchwood, but presumably units, mm. and maybe even heads it up. Like, this is the new leader of units, or the new leader of Torchwood. And just as he is left there, whatever, like, as his penitence for, for having committed genocide is, he doesn't get to be with Rose, but he gets a chance at a new life, and he's left there, and, oh, 
you're going to be reporting to this very charming person whom you're now, this is your new companion, quote unquote, your new, this is the love interest. Open ended. We maybe never see tenant again or human doctor again. Yeah. But we know that there's a chance at love there. Like, you know. Okay. So the problem then from a like writer's perspective is that then you can never get rid of the Rose character. Well, like you can have multiple doctors, but he's given his life to Rose. He's going to presumably marry Rose. Like it was okay. But, but there are so many... Okay, first off, we've already had Rose very clearly express disinterest in the Doctor if he is to regenerate into a different incarnation. Hmm. She's already like, what, you're going to look like someone else? I'm shallow enough to not care, Hmm. right? And as in about that next iteration. And there are so many cases of companions just leaving to do something else. Yeah, but not, not companions that he's in love with. And like the scene on the beach is basically him saying, I love you, I want to spend my life with you i can't so, so I will give that you this guy man. will do it yeah so if you were going to bring rose into the doctor's universe he's committed a lifetime to her this is super like, interesting to me because we clearly disagree on this <laughs> i feel like he could spend his sorry he could spend her, her life. lifetime yeah yeah they could spend her life together yeah her lifetime together and uh, th- there's no fine she'll age and he won't but i'm i'm okay with that like i i think most viewers would be okay with that not necessarily seeing it yeah because it would be cheesy yeah but like i it's think theory. everyone yeah everyone i think is okay with the idea of it and then instead we get her going can you finish the sentence and then she just like she snogs human doctor and it's just like well you taste the same so that's fine <laughs> yeah. it, it makes it makes it so shallow so, so superficial mm, yeah. what do we think human doctor whispers into her ear is it you've been mishearing it all along i'm not the 10th doctor i'm the 10 inch doctor <laughs> or it's bigger on your inside <laughs> <laughs> or the extra regeneration energy you know where I put that. Because whatever it is, she's buying it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been working on this. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> but even after she snogs him, she could look more pleased. She's really not happy. Yeah, she isn't. Yeah. Of course she isn't, because he's not the real Doctor. Mm. It's tricky. What we object to a lot of the time on Doctor Who is fan service and ratings and things. It's the real world, our real world, intruding upon the in-show universe. Yeah. Because this whole scene exists because RTD felt two years ago I, I made this amazing scene and everybody loved it. And now I have to go one better and top it. Wait, hang on. There's another thing as well to do with RTD, right? Because he's currently the showrunner, but from the next season on, Moffat is going to be the showrunner, right? Yeah. So very possibly, it's the same thing th- that we have now with Moffat being roughly one year away from uh, handing the torch over to, you know, passing the torch to, what's his name? And Chris Chibnall. Uh, that's the guy. Uh, Chris, if you're listening, please come on the show. <laughs> the, the, uh, um, I mean, it's the same thing where presumably Moffat now feels at the end of this season, he needs to round things off in a way yeah. that that allow for a completely fresh start because we don't know where Chibnall is going to take the show. He's going to want to add his own thing to it, right? And very possibly RTD was thinking, well, I know Moffat, he's written stuff and he's great, but he might want to do something new with this as well. So I need to also round things off so that he can take it in a completely new direction. And in fact, he will. I mean, we're going to get a new Doctor, a new companion, and Mm. like basically a reboot of the series with the new showrunner. So maybe that's why... the the doctor companion dynamic is dealt with the way that yeah maybe it didn't achieve the desired retro closure for me 
No, not Dimensional or otherwise. Who's heading up the specials that are coming up? Is that still RTD or is that already Moffat? Yeah, that's RTD. That's RTD. That's RTD's proper swan song. Yeah. Oh. I remember at least liking the next one. Oh, I love the next one. Yeah. I, I, I think three of the five at least coming are going to be good. What are they? They're the whatever of the Doctor. Uh, the next Doctor. The next Doctor, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, the Waltz yeah. of Mars. Yeah. The Stupid Desert Shit Parade and End of Time Parts <laughs> 1 and 2. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Stupid Desert yeah. Shit Parade. Yeah. <laughs> Offic- official title. <laughs> okay, shall we switch to a different topic? Because okay. there are still things to discuss here, I, I I feel. Anyone got anything else? Otherwise, I know where I'm heading with this. Well, I mean, are we heading towards Davros and the Daleks? I was going to say Davros and Star Wars. Go for it. Okay, we've already referred to the Crucible as the Death Star. We have Davros as the Emperor. Mm. We have this particular line. Oh, that's it! The anger! Which is exactly what the Emperor tells Luke, right? It's ridiculously similar. We do have very much a a Death Star situation with the testing on the Aldran of a dozen people, which will then wipe out a universe, i.e. planets in whatever. Then we also get Davros shooting electricity from his finger, very much like the Emperor and Luke slash, you know, Darth Vader at the end of Jedi. It's crazy Star Warsy. Do you know what? I'm going to make a controversial argument and say that's okay. Because I think that RTD is trying to elevate Doctor Who with all the spectacle and everything to the level of space opera. Last week was all space opera. This week is as well. And we just saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. And there was stuff I was seeing in this episode, like all the planets crackling with the neutrino effect. And that made me think of, hopefully this doesn't spoil it for too many of you who haven't seen the film yet, <laughs> but Ego's stuff taking over Oh planets. my goodness, yeah, you're right. It looks yeah. very much like it. In that. So I think... I mean, purely that- visually, the effect is very similar. Yeah, so all these cosmic operas just end up borrowing from each other because they're operating on the same plane at the same interplanetary scale. Yeah, but don't you think... Who wrote this? RTD. RTD wrote this. Don't you think that RTD at some point in this, he wrote it and he was like, oh, I made up this amazing thing! And then RTD's husband comes up to him and he, like reads the script like, mm-hmm. oh, before handing it over to the BBC. He reads the script and he's like, Ross, you know this is reminiscent of something else, right? Uh, RTD reads it again and just, boom, face palms like shit I didn't realise I was subconsciously ripping off George Lucas which is such I have to say it didn't um, and I love Star Wars it didn't it didn't grab me it didn't strike me as that initially but now that you've talked about it I can see where you're coming from but I get like Drew I don't I don't think I have a problem with it I think I like these little sci-fi nods to other sci- like they know that there's a huge crossover in the fan bases it's yeah. gonna be so just these kind of little there's only like three t- little bits that you've mentioned and they're not like the 12 people being older on no no I, 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 I know that's a super, super stretch like um, yeah I don't know I don't mind a little nod here and there I don't think it, I think there's enough differences it's not he hasn't just ripped it off no 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 he hasn't yeah. no you're, you're, you're both incredibly right I don't know if this is really criticism on my part it's just it's it's a it's an observation that just kind of itches in I guess a it's whether it's like it, a, I don't know where I stand on this whether it did a, it intentionally or whether it, it was or, or yeah uh, uh, intentional or whether it's just inherent sci-fi yeah. like inherently you know whatever uh, when you create in, well you're creating a force that's pure evil which is what the emperor is and which is what Davros is yeah like how do we project display that visually ah let's make electricity shoot out of their finger like it's yeah yeah I don't know <laughs> 
<laughs> like they're just tropes of the genre. I'm sure there are other examples. In, in fact, wait, hang on. We have the TARDIS going through the chutes to, to be uh, disposed of, and we have Luke falling through the chutes to be disposed of as well, but then ending up on this weird antenna at until, the end of Empire. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it, I mean, there, there are there are visual nods to this. Very possibly, these are intentional visual yeah. nods. And to be honest with you, like it, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother me. But it, it, it seems like it bothers you. <laughs> well, okay, so, sorry to clarify. Like it really bothers you. From a narrative point of view, it doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is that for just a split second, I was taken out of the Hooniverse mm. and introduced to the Star Wars universe, and I actually like I I was aware of a parallel. And I just, you know, it takes you out of it. It's, it it breaks the fourth wall in a little way. Like it, that's that's the, my problem with it. Yeah, I get that. I have an itchy observation. Okay. Why did the TARDIS door close on Donna? The TARDIS is alive and mm. knows what's about to happen. That's con- I mean, I it know it, I know yeah, it a, is, but the Doctor then it's a Deus Ex TARDIS. He specific- it's a TARDIS Ex Machina. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor specifically says at one point, why did the TARDIS door close? So, yes, the Doctor wants us, or RTD wants us to be thinking about this fact, presumably to provide us with an answer, and he just doesn't. What, that the TARDIS is taking the initiative here? Well, I suppose, but nobody then refers back to that and says, yes, that is what happened. It's more that all the timelines are converging on Donna and there are ripples backwards and that's why she's hearing heartbeats. But none of that explains why the TARDIS door closed. Hang on. Uh, potential explanation slash question about this whole thing. <laughs> we do also find out in this episode that Dalek Khan, the, mm. the precog testicle whom we have yet to address in this review, has meddled in Donna's life, her timeline. Could he somehow be doing this? Could he be closing the door? Oh, because he's a double agent. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, they did say it's not Dalek technology. So I don't know if that's yeah, to but be that's, trusted. Yeah, but that's the Supreme Dalek yeah. saying, oh, well, I mean, I, guess they don't I know didn't close the door. He's yeah. been meddling. Khan yeah. could do other things. Yeah, exactly. I th- I, no, I, th- I go back to that the, the TARDIS is conscious and the TARDIS in- intervenes when is necessary. I think you're right. Uh, because there's another nod to it on the Bad Wolf scene when he says the universes are closing off. The TARDIS lets him know. The TARDIS is a little... And it's like, come on, Doctor, hurry it up. We need, we need to get going. Like, wait, in, oh yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Um, wait, it, wait, wait, it talks to him basically. Wait, where, when, when? On Bad Wolf Bay. Yeah. And then the TARDIS oh, goes. Oh yeah, you're right. Makes you're right. noise. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and he interprets it. He understands the TARDIS. He says, yeah. "Oh, that must mean the universes are closing off." Yeah. So there's already this little nod that it, it interacts with him and it has its own sort of consciousness. You're uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't pick up on that. Okay, hmm. I'm placated. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Please to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so if the Daleks destroy reality and the universe and, and whatnot, would they still remain? Um, yes. Oh, yes. Because okay. I, I assume this is what you were referring to earlier, and I said I have a counter. Oh, um, yeah. No, because I, I thought the yes, same... Yes, it was, actually, yeah. I thought the same as you the first time around. I was like, well, if it's going to destroy all matter, then surely it will destroy them as well. How do yeah, they... Yeah, like the universe is destroyed. And why is he so gleeful about, like, we're going to destroy everyone, including myself? Like, what? I didn't really yeah. understand the motivation. Um, however, I think that um, they're in the crucible and they're shooting the waves the beam out. outward, yeah. And some people that are inside will be saved. So maybe we can get all of the Daleks oh onto the Crucible. Oh, imagine imagine the aftermath. Like, let's outwards. say that they succeed. Yeah. They destroy everything. There is nothing real outside yeah. of the Crucible. All of reality. I'm assuming that this also includes destroying the vacuum of space. Yeah. Right? Well, they said the void is... Everything is every, destroyed. Yeah. Nothing exists outside of the Crucible. The yeah. void is dead. If they do this, what happens afterwards? Mission accomplished, guys! Yeah, this what is do great. We do now? Now it's just us. Eternity <laughs> with just Daleks. <laughs> 
Yeah. Does anyone want to play a game? <laughs> Who's up for doubles tennis? <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do now? My whisk yeah. and my plunger are rubbish at your arts. <laughs> I've been playing this for a thousand years. Do you think that they then start building a new universe in its place? Is it the Great British Bake Off? <laughs> no, it's a whisk. <laughs> What happens at this point? What yeah. is what is the actual end game? That's what I was I was really confused as to what what his motivation was. It's like I know that to destroy all reality. <laughs> this is this is why but I why? feel yeah. But this is why I feel that Davros is actually almost pranking the Daleks. Yeah. The Daleks think that there will be nothing but the Daleks left. Uh, but Davros actually thinks this is let's let's destroy everything, including us. Like there will be nothing. <gasps> you think? Like I am destroying reality. I'm not destroying. It's not a a universe bomb it's a reality bomb mm. I will destroy absolutely everything and this will be quote unquote my legacy but it won't be because there's no one to remember it yeah. but it, everyone up until that point will know that I am the one that destroyed everything <laughs> fuck it, he's just like a skeleton attached to a half a Dalek he doesn't want it like why would he want to go, go on to kill everything I think so that's a very twisted motivation yeah 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 but he's the I mean, he's like a suicide bomber right? yeah, yeah. Like it's basically it that is, on a grand scale yeah, yeah. he's mm. the ultimate supervillain for me in this episode this is just what I want out of a bad guy. I could someone who has nothing to lose, kind of bad guy. Nothing to lose, nothing to gain. Just the ultimate nihilist. You know, he's. Yeah. I loved Davros in this episode. I'm going to come out and say it. I, I love Davros. I love Davros yeah. as well. His Davros did a fantastic. Oh, such a and, and the times where he's just he he gets so excited like by manic laughter. Yeah, I just yeah. can't hide it, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he does a fantastic job. Yeah, he did. Even when he like the the tiny little. When he screams, for example, like, detonate the reality bomb! (laughs) Oh my word, like, wow. Exactly. (laughs) I was going to say that I think Davros, possibly, for me, is... Steals the show. Well, just as a villain in general, the two best villains, I think, to go one-to-one, toe-to-toe with the Doctor, are the Master and Davros. They bring the most complexity out of him. They get to pick apart his character and his soul and his motivations, and they... But the the Master is unpredictable. Davros is in a wheelchair. He has to command the screen. His encounters with the Doctor are necessarily more cerebral. And I just love all that. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I mean, I. Oh wow! It just dawned on me. I bet I don't know which ones or if, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that there is a serial in Classic Who where we get both. Yeah, and that must be just epic. Oh, I might join you for that. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. I'm going to regret it later, but I'm going to say it now. I'm going to join you for that. <laughs> but yeah, the whole um, seeing into the Doctor's soul. Yeah. I uh, I did quite like that the idea that he's he's surrounded himself with weapons he's created he's t- taken ordinary people and made them into murderers yeah look at them like, doctor now all they like is big guns yeah <laughs> like and uh, we've already addressed that they're quite poor weapons they don't do anything very effectively but yeah the thing that he is constantly talking about I am against this we don't want violence we don't want guns and the first thing they all turn to is like let's destroy the planet. What a yeah. hypocrite. The doctor is hypocrite. in fact a massive dick. Yeah. But he looked so broken oh. when he was when that was pointed out to him. He just looked like a broken man and I just I felt incredibly sorry for him actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz he obviously doesn't do any of it intentionally, but pe- and they think that they're helping, but it's 
yeah, it goes against everything that he's ever said. That's very good acting, mm. by the way. Yeah, super so. good acting. It was a really nice yeah. scene. Yeah, and I find it much more compelling when instead of "Hey, doctor, I've done a clever thing." Ah, well, with all my time, Lord Knowledge, I'll just do a cleverer thing. Yeah, that's not compelling. Like, doctor, I am morally dismantling you. What are you gonna do? Yeah, now? yeah. Hmm. It's a big question. Yeah, hey, we love you, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> Segwaying from that to the doctor, I, I maybe having not a dark side but maybe not necessarily being as good a guy as he is made out to be in the show mm. we have talked about the human doctor but we haven't really talked about the doctor donna mm. just the way that the doctor isn't necessarily doing the nicest thing to rose i mean he doesn't give rose a choice right mm. he doesn't go where do you want to go do you want to stay with this uh, homicidal maniac or <laughs> who's part me or do you want to stay with real me whom you've dedicated the past few years of your life finding yeah. he also doesn't give a choice to the Dr. Donna I'm like it, it, I mean oh, I, I hate but I to think use the this cho- the choice is that sh- she's going to die she wants to stay give there give her the choice mm. she th- that's literally okay here's what I've written I've ri- this is this morning's notes I've written crap Doc just flat out brain rapes her what mm. the fuck why can't the doctor give his exes a choice maybe Donna wanted to die naturally rather than have her mind wiped and her new personality sacrificed. Yeah, I mean, could you soundbite the bit where she's saying, don't send me back there, don't make me go back? I can't go back. Don't make me go back. Doctor, please, please don't make me go back. Donna. Goodbye. No, 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 please, please, no, no, no! Oh my goodness, yeah. It's like, it's basically like the voicemail message in, what's that Michael Douglas, uh, <laughs> what's that? Oh shit, I'm sorry. The thing where he's, uh, oh. Decent proposal? I mean, no, the one Michael Douglas, he's accused guessing. of, uh, rape, but actually he's the one who was effectively raped by this woman. I can't remember who plays her. It's not basic Sharon Stone. Instinct. No, it's not Basic Instinct. It's the oh, other one that came right yeah. after because that kind of cinema Fatal was. Fatal Attraction. No, uh, that's, uh, if John Malkovich. If it's none of those three, then we don't know what it is. <laughs> Dark <laughs> Anyway, there's a voicemail message there and he wins because he says no like a 50 million times. Yeah. Could she say no anymore? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, no. if, you, if we do the soundbite, the next thing she would have said, probably, if the doctor had given her a chance, would be, I'd rather die. I'd yeah, rather exactly. die with these memories. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she has already, even though maybe it wasn't her choice to metamorphose into the Dr. Donna, mm. she has done so. This is now the person that that is. And by removing all of those memories and by... I don't really know what he does. Does he just wipe her memory? Yeah, I think so. Well, regardless, that's enough. By removing those memories, he is changing her personality and de facto, this current iteration of Donna, i.e. the Dr. Donna, dies. Mm. Let her die the way that she wants to. Because she knows exactly what he's thinking. She knows what he's about to do and she screams no. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. And she's already had the conversation with Human Doctor where he says... All that lip covering your heart of gold of the universe. Oh, break my heart. Yeah. I really liked that. So she knows exactly how far she's come and Mm. what she's going to go back to being. Yeah. And she would just rather not. Yeah. Sorry, in brackets. Is it disclosure? It is disclosure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of it. Really? Great reference. It's an okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hang on, hang on. We haven't talked about how you reacted to the Dr. Donna. Oh, yeah, no, no. No. Are you doing your telenovela thing again? <laughs> no, 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 no. no the, the, uh, 
that it, we very recently was it in turn yeah in turn left we got Rose basically playing the Doctor yeah and I think we all loved it I certainly loved it I think it was very nice that Rose got the opportunity to be the Doctor let the record show that I never said during that episode that I loved it I don't know if I did either to be honest oh really I, I quite know. liked it and there's there's a, a point where she even does the the tenant voice she goes brilliant I can't do the tenant voice but yeah I mean she does it in a very tenanty way mm. I like that way more than I do Donna doing it she, she does it well but it doesn't work for me at all I, I really enjoyed it I thought it was nice. really yeah I did wow. and I thought especially because it, it came from the lovely scene where um, like Drew just said it they're kind of explaining her temperament and all the things that have previously annoyed me. You then get this little bit of backstory and it's like... Oh. Wait, wait, backstory? Like, well, when he says, like... Um, the heart of gold. Like you're, no, you're shouting... Like, all that lip. Shouting at the world because no one's listening. And it's... Yeah, she, she's putting on this front because she, she doesn't feel like she's worth listening to and she keeps repeating, I'm not yeah. special. And that always really annoyed me. She goes, oh, I'm just a temp from Chiswick. I was like, oh, get over it. <laughs> like, you understand, you're traveling with a doctor. That immediately makes you special. Like, nobody does this. But but then, yeah, when he gets into her brain and dissects it and says, oh, it's because you don't think you're worth it. And I immediately thought of her mother and she just Who has been constantly this tells her since childhood yeah. that she's not worth it and yeah. she's not special and she believes it. To then have her have this moment where she is special, she does know these things, she's clever, she can, she has thoughts that the Doctor has never had, she saves the day. I thought that was a really wonderful moment. Yeah, and she's gleeful, she's thrilled yeah, by it. it's really joyful. Like, she is the Doctor at his best, actually. She is just brimming with excellence and making us all get hyped up and excited with her. Yeah. I divide her Doctor performance into two groups. Okay. One is while she's saving the day. Yeah. Which I hate. Oh. Which is the one where she actually, like, when she first turns into the Doctor, and she is conveniently standing right next to a set of switches that yeah. resolve everything. The switches yeah. I hate. <laughs> Put yeah. this fucking big control pad in the middle yeah. that controls every dollar. Yeah, exactly. It, that. Four nonsense. binary switches. So what? That's a maximum of 16 combinations? It, yeah. it, not and just controlling Daleks, controlling, controlling t- uh, Davros, <laughs> controlling the big d- Death Star, controlling everything. Yeah. Oh, I'm spinning around. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, that was quite terrible. Terrible. Pretty terrible. But, but, but she I think, was good in that scene. Oh, that's I where thought. I disagree. Yeah. I think she is terrible in, in mm. that. I mean, she does a good job of impersonating Tenant, but the thing is that that ending would be bad even if that were Tenant's Yeah, ending. no, like, I agree. If yeah. that were Human Doctor, I would still hate that bit. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's her standing there, and, and consequently, I am, you know, projecting all of my hatred of the scene onto her. Yeah. But then part two of her is when she's in the TARDIS afterwards, and she's, for lack of a better word, malfunctioning. Yeah. And that part I love. Yeah. Where, uh, uh, nice yes yeah I think she does a very good job of all of a sudden like she's realizing that she's losing control but she wants to hide it because she wants to carry on the adventure yeah. and and being the doctor in that scene she does a splendid job yeah yeah, yeah. she's vulnerable she's agonized yeah Her face, and she's hiding it that's the bit yeah. that's the best bit I think yeah. but at the very end as well when he is brain wiping her her face was so moving wasn't it yeah yeah oh absolutely absolutely she 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 can as we have over this series come to appreciate she can act act. yes she absolutely can act but unfortunately this character even when it is part-time lord is not incredibly well written certainly not all of the time i think that's the that's that's the problem that's the the issue that i have with that oh there's oh there's one line i mean i'm gonna soundbite this uh when they are all in the tardis did you like the scene by the way (gasps) i loved the scene everyone has to collaborate to pull levers and and i thought that was wonderful 
yeah. It is sweet, right? And the, uh, the music was just like, everything was so uplifting. It was like, it's, this is what it should be to travel oh, in the TARDIS. Such a feel-good moment. I wanted to be there with them. That was amazing. Mm, yeah, agreed. But there is one bit where she's walking around and she's now, it's like being part-time Lord has gone to her head. And she says... And my note for that is, Sunbite 4740, shut up, Donna. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. But she is, but she has uh, all of the doctor's memories and all of his knowledge and all of his everything. Yeah, maybe she knows more about Jack than we know mm. she knows about Jack <laughs> with those extra memories. Maybe. Yeah, actually, maybe. I mean, I was looking at Jack early in the... In the um... Have Jack and the doc ever done anything? Oh, I don't know. But I was looking at Jack right at the beginning of the episode when he was sort of grimacing, wincing at how bad the regeneration fudge was. And I was thinking, maybe he's seen more than one. <laughs> Maybe maybe he saw, um, I don't know, Hurt become Eccleston or something. I mean, well, Jack's been around and about. Yeah, Jack's been spoilers Face for future episodes, but yeah, yeah. It, it, he's been there the entire time. Well, Has he fr- been no, aware of everything in as the past, a face? But in the fifth, all the future Doctors that we have yet to meet, he's been around. Wait, as the face or as, as Jack? As the face of Bo. Well, he, I don't know. We don't really know how he becomes the face of Bo, but... He becomes the face of Bo because he's now uneternal. Like, he is... yeah. He's just going to continue to evolve as a singular person, and he evolves into a huge head. (laughs) (laughs) If you've been alive for a million years, this is what happens. You become a huge head. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because he's going through the whole universe saying, give me head, give me head, give me head, and eventually his own biology starts to misinterpret (laughs) that message. Just makes him one. Mm, Yeah. And he meets his other friend with different proclivities, who's just a massive hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so maybe Jack's seen future regeneration. Very possibly. Yeah. Very, very possibly. Another question. Does Jackie say that she has a baby, that she got a new, had a new baby called yeah, Tony? Yeah, Tony. Called Tony. Sarah Jane had a baby at like 50. So. Uh, excuse me, an alien slash supercomputer baby <laughs> uh, that was born through sci-fi That's ways. That's a long story there. Uh, How old is Jackie? Uh, it's not impossible. Uh, Rose is, as we've established, pretty young when she comes along. I yeah. Jackie is barely over 40. And I think, yeah, Jackie probably had Rose quite young as well. Oh. They're in a parallel <laughs> universe you don't know what their technology is uh identical to ours surely oh what? no Why? you're right because they have the weird cyber bluetooth stuff for example yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and the zeppelins zeppelins let's not forget the zeppelins <laughs> yeah okay cool all right cool cool i have a question at the end when they're all leaving the tardis jack and martha go off holding hands oh you're right is that yeah. necessary i noticed that as well does that mean something it's a bit awkward i don't know have they met before i they- think they've met i don't remember have they well, she knows to call him up at Torchwood. They must be aware of each other's organisations at That's the very true. least. Have they met in on Doctor Who? Hmm. Uh, not talking Torchwood, not talking anything else. So did Jack appear in Series 3, we're asking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't remember. Here's another thing as well. When when they're walking away, holding hands, he says something like, hmm, I bet we can find a job for you. Is that referencing, I assume that that's referencing some spin-off stuff. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember her being on Torchwood at all. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I think it's more than possible, though. What What is the episode where Jack is put in the radiation suit and he should be dissolved made into Jack confetti. Is, isn't that one of isn't that one yeah. of the bad wolf ones? Oh, the, yeah. Like Army of Ghosts or something. The something the parting of the ways and something else. Oh isn't that yeah, one I of watched those? that out of order. Cut this bit. <laughs> I did I watched that out of order. 
order. No. I still haven't seen Girl in the Fireplace. Really? <gasps> oh, watch it. It's a good Ooh, episode. It's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Because we're going to be doing the Tenant Retrospective. I'm going to have to catch up. <gasps> yeah, you will. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That is coming up. That is so... That's really coming up. <laughs> oh, wow. Anything else? We haven't talked about all the goodbyes. There were so many goodbyes. It was like Return of the King times 10. <laughs> Who got <laughs> the best goodbye? There's only one in my mind. Will? Will! It has to be Will. Yeah, you're right. Because Will. for 55 oh. minutes, I was thinking, all Cribbins is doing is reacting. Where is the Cribbins? Cribbins at the death comes in and saves yeah, this show. That was yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I love Wilf so much. Oh God. Will, yeah. will he return again? I'm assuming that he's en- uh, returning at the end of time. Yeah. And I think after that, though, at the very least, it? for a yeah. cameo. Oh, you haven't seen it? I ha- well, not since it aired. I oh. haven't rewatched it since then. You don't remember? I don't remember. Oh, I'm looking. For- <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have a question about Donna's goodbye. Okay. So the whole premise is her memory has been wiped. Don't yeah. mention anything because if you mention something. Oh. It was it will spark a memory and she will and she will burn up and she will die and it's terrible. Okay. And then the doctor is like, Oh, I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna pop and say goodbye. Bye bye Donna, Donna, that you've never met me before and yeah. maybe this maybe this space that you've travelled with for might a really long a time might yeah. be a visual memory. <laughs> I don't know. We don't think that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I mean your your head could literally explode. Yeah, yeah. If I, I do this for a few more seconds. <laughs> is it gonna? Is it gonna? Donna, is it gonna? Does she return in of time don't think so all right so the reason she doesn't return is because her head has exploded (laughs) in the meantime that's what happens Mm. surely oh i know why you're bringing this up it makes no sense (laughs) yeah no sense whatsoever (laughs) it's just just sentimentality pushed to the limit which is probably at the heart of a lot of the weakness of this episode yeah yeah Yeah. and and that's the thing though cribbins i mean it's sentimental but he's got the the stature to hold that on his broad acting shoulders he's got the weepy eyes yeah oh. the devastated yeah. ravaged yeah. look on his face it's it's in, instead but of making it mawkish it becomes simple and effective and it genuine. is a really heartbreaking thing though it's like you had this connection with your granddaughter that nobody else understood the mother was out of the loop they had bonded in oh, a way that they so never right. had before and now suddenly she has gone like you're, that version of Donna is dead you're so right mm. and yeah. now he, he it's not just Donna that needs to start from scratch he needs he to yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. That brings a whole new dimension to when the stars come out at night, I'll be looking up. Not we'll Not be looking we'll, up. Not yeah. we'll, no. And oh, you know that he's going to yeah. be there every night just as he was before with yeah. his telescope. On his own. And he's not going to see... The Doctor's not going to show up every single night unless yeah. at one point he had a few too many, I don't know, margaritas and just went like, fuck it, I'm just going to do Will for solid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to whiz by it once a day. Yeah. <laughs> For the next however many years <laughs> Wilf is around, I'm sure yeah. the doctor knows. And then, and then that's it. Like, yeah. maybe he just did do that. Yeah. But just to completely negate that good bit, oh. there was a, a crappy <laughs> sentimental bit where the doctor's <laughs> sitting, talking to mum and Cribbin, saying, people will be singing songs about Donna Noble. Who How? The hell How? no one. No one is singing songs about, about Donna Noble. No one. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. No. Somewhere in outer space, there's like an Ood or whatever going, what rhymes with Donna Noble? Nothing? Oh, fuck it then. <laughs> hopeful? Mm. Maybe? Donna Noble, hopeful? Donna, oh, wow. We were that saved is by Donna li- Noble so that we could remain hopeful. I don't know. No, the Ood are against that. <laughs> don't like half rhymes. <laughs> Have we even brought up K9? Yeah, briefly. I'm glad that he appeared. <laughs> yeah. Well, after, yeah. after what we said last week. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we said last week, we want K9. We got K9. Yeah. We did. So, they listened. 
that felt like fan service, <laughs> yeah, but it yeah, was good fan funny. service. Oh, um, when we when we are towing <laughs> towing the earth. Oh, why doesn't oh. every why doesn't the whole earth like they, they they arrive in our solar system and the earth is just like this charred lump of coal? Everyone is dead. Everybody smushed to smithereens. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. There was a little bit of atmospheric disturbance. So was what? All the picture frames were s- slightly <laughs> askew. <laughs> There's still sunlight while they are traveling. Weirdly, yeah. <laughs> and where, and how is the moon still there? Would the moon not have like flung off into? It? Oh no! Yeah, into the asteroid belt yeah. or something. Yeah. It's just like why are people still able to make phone calls after the Earth has been moved <laughs> in part one? Like, did they move all the satellites as well? Like, <laughs> yeah. Does that work? Oh, mm. no. no. I feel like there could be a really good XKCD what if article written on this one scene and <laughs> how it was entirely wrong. I mean, yeah. do you read those? Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's it's like oh, essentially what would happen. <laughs> if a bee the size of a planet flew into the solar system and every every week the earth ends up being utterly destroyed and that would have exactly <laughs> happened here the leading edge of the earth would have vaporized and the back half would have frozen and the atmosphere would have been stripped instantly not just yeah. disturbed yeah you're right <laughs> or, or he should have created a time bubble around it so that they all just flew peacefully and yeah and then they no could have involved a bit more of Torchwood yeah because actually yeah. they were completely exactly. they were completely useless yeah, yeah absolutely we had Chekhov's time lock yeah why not then actually use it on a planet wide scale yeah oh yeah. yeah they missed a trick yeah and another trick they missed last week we were like Oh, okay. They've completely ruined the idea of the Shadow Proclamation. But maybe this week they'll come back and be useful. Oh, yeah. That's all right. There's no Shadow Proclamation at all. Absolutely wasted. <laughs> no universe's armies led into battle. Just a shot bolt. Would we? Mm. I mean, can we imagine that maybe there's a post-credit sequence where the Shadow Proclamation with a bunch of Jadoon just arrive in empty space and they're Too like, late. Oh, oh, wait, "What? Where is everyone?" <laughs> and then they get attacked by a trillion bees. <laughs> Very black mirror. (laughs) One more soundbite, maybe? Where Davros refers to Rose and says, She is mine to do as I please. As opposed to to do with as I please. Oh, to do as I please. (laughs) This metal hand just doesn't cut it anymore. (laughs) I need to feel human flesh. Oh, God. (laughs) Shall we uh, jump into ratings? And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Shall I start? You should start. I'm going to be controversial. Oh, my goodness. I liked much more than I disliked in this episode, especially Davros. There was a lot of crap. The anti climate. The whole not dead prophecy business. (laughs) (laughs) You said business like you were giving the word the business. (laughs) But apart from Rose, I thought all the main characters put in a better showing this week. I like Dalek Khan's treachery. No Luke. Tate Swan song. Cribbins at the death. 3.1. Oh, wow. Interesting. You're raising this up to my score for part one. Mm. I like this more than part one. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> do you want to carry on? No, you go. You Shall go. I? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm not entirely... You know what? I'm just going to reverse things. So, <laughs> I don't like this as much as I did part one. I thought part one set up a lot of potential, and unfortunately, most of that potential was squandered in part two. I don't like the editing. I don't like the sub-companion, sub-narrative thingy. 
I just felt like it was very lazy in terms of its concluding of uh, plots so that we have so many day ex machina. How often can you just whip out something out of nothing and just like, oh, fuck it. Well, we solved it through this. No, I, I, I didn't really like it in that sense. Good fan service, though. And as I said, not at first, but in the end, a very solid performance from uh, Donna. I'm giving this a 2.8. There you go. There's bugger all difference there. I know, but fuck <laughs> it. I mean, there's a symbolic difference. We've reversed scores. Is it possible? <laughs> is it possible for something to be a terrible episode but really good TV? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I think that's what happened here. I think that probably is what happened Very here. Very possibly. Yeah. We have reviewed episodes and serials on Who Back When that we have given like 0.1. Mm. Or, or at the very least 0.3. I think that was the edge of discretion. And even that is good TV. You know, no, no, no absolutely. Yeah, it holds up as a terrible episode. Your turn. Go for it. Okay, I think I'm more aligned with Leon's um, views. Did you hear that, Drew? Oh, big surprise. It's been Donna <laughs> hatred all series. No, 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 no. But, I, but I really like Donna in this episode. And it's, I'm, re- I'm really torn because I think most of the way through I was going, ah, oh, what? Like, why have you done that? You, you, they do just pull things out of the air to solve yeah. problems, which I hate. And most of the way through was annoyed by it. But I thought there were some really, like, heartfelt resolutions. And it did, it broke my heart when Donna dies i'm doing air quotes now you can't see but um and then and wilf's reaction and even rose on bad wolf bay it broke my heart again like the, that yeah. when she says this is the worst day of my life what did you say to me and i i felt that like that was the worst day of her life that that was really tragic and so i had a lot of feels towards the end and so i think i'd originally started very low but it, it it got pulled up so i think but but still less than last week i think overall yeah so i guess i'm gonna go for like a 2.4 okay yeah but not because of donna donna brought it up yeah yeah and wilf <laughs> it was originally like a 1.7 mm. yeah donna saved the day yay donna, donna saved the day yay yeah. donna it's a shame she's gone <laughs> oh what a shame hang on hang on i hang don't on. think so this is the <laughs> end of the series this is the end of the series we need to say something about the series overall. That's sure. true. We haven't really said anything. Well, I mean, about Donna, really. That's the only thing that's going to change going forward, isn't it? We're going to have a few no, episodes just of just tenants. Having a stable companion, I guess. Because yeah. as I remember, a lot of the next ones are about him being lonely. Yeah, we and... have one night stand with uh, yeah. tenants. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you go to whobackwhen.com slash statistics, you will find you that, <laughs> I did, that I gave every single episode in this series higher than a 2.5. So better than average, essentially, for yeah. me. And I said this at the beginning when we did Partners in Crime. IMDb rates all these episodes fairly highly. For me, that stood up. I reckon this series is well above average. What do you guys think? I don't know about that, but I've just remembered a little thing that I meant to say that does link on to the specials. When we were talking about everybody in the TARDIS and flying it with six people and how joyful that scene was, I think that really sets it up for the next bit because it is about him being lonely again and him not having a companion and he's on his own for the next like year and a half or however long the specials go on for. Point was. I think you made it pretty well. Good, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I really like that juxtaposition, and then him, you know him in the rain being sad. Yeah, and um, they and they dwell on that at the end. Yeah, because we've had in previous ones the Doctor when he first said goodbye to Rose was on his own for all of five seconds, and then suddenly Kylie's ship 
the bow just blasts in through the side of the TARDIS. In this one, you almost expect that to happen again, but no, you're just left looking at him being utterly alone. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Yeah. I think this series has probably been very good. So if we look at, I, I've just pulled up series four of New Who on TARDIS Wikia, and we have, not counting Voyage of the Damned, and not counting Time Crash, which we didn't even review, by the way. <laughs> What's Time Crash? It's the one where the fifth Doctor shows up. It's like a five-minute short. I think it was uh. for Red Nose Day. Uh, we have Partners in Crime, Fires of Pompeii, Plant of the Ood, Sontaran Stratagem, and Poison Sky, which I think we quite enjoyed. Yep. The Doctor's Daughter, Unicorn and the Wasp, Silence in the Library, Here's Forest of the Dead. Here's where it gets good. Exactly. Yeah, Unicorn and the Wasp, Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead, Midnight, Turn Left, and this. I can't believe you're including Unicorn and the Wasp in with that. No, that was a terrible one. Then on Says it got you. better. Then on it got better. <laughs> I can't remember what I gave yeah. you Unicorn and the Wasp. But I, but I love... Yeah, so yeah it's is, actually not a great one. No. But Silence in the Library and Onward. Silence in the Library is phenomenal. That's pretty amazing, The introduction right? of, of River we get in this series. So yeah, compare that to series three where we were in the middle of an enormous drought and we were just pleading for one good episode to come along and we were convinced RTD had lost his mojo. But yeah. He's entirely got it back in this series. Absolutely. This is, uh, I believe you could say this is not just good Doctor Who. This is good television. This is fantastic TV being created. Yes. Oh. Uh, you could introduce non, as you keep saying, about doing a special episode. How would you bring a newbie into watching Doctor Who? Yeah. You would choose some episodes from this series, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Not this one, though. Let's just, Not this let's one. just clarify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would make no sense to no. a non-listener. Not even this double are. feature. Yeah. Shall we call it a day and jump into listener, listener minis? minis? Let's. Listener minis. And we have a listener mini. Really? Who's it from? Tracy from America, <laughs> New York City, <laughs> Pittsburgh, PA. <laughs> Hello, Tracy. <laughs> Atlanta. Hi, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> God, America Tourette's. <laughs> it's just James Brown. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes, sorry. Anyway, Tracy here. We waited all summer to see if that blast did anything to the Borg ship, and if Picard is dead, uh, I mean to see who Tennant regenerates into. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Crossover characters are dropped safely into a time lock, and Luke is guided by Mr. Smith. Let's focus on the folks we know. Donna gets trapped in the TARDIS, as the Daleks are going to use it to replenish their ZPM, or whatever. ZPM? Zaps for a minute. Zappy plunger mechanism. Zebra penile mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> Zebra penile malfunction. <laughs> And when, OMG, I legit forgot we had double tenant. While this is great, it doesn't explore the twice-person trope very far. For an in-depth exploration of the twice-person trope, watch Farscape. Go do it. Now. Seriously. Or at least watch the Star Trek TNG episode where Riker meets Riker. Oh, ooh, that's a nice one. <laughs> Donna touches the creepy severed hand so human Doc and Dr. Donna can save the day. Yay! Everyone on Earth is okay, except for the people who the Daleks vaporized. And people with severed spines from the turbulent return <laughs> <laughs> now the ending oh boy rose gets a guy who looks like the doctor with doctor memories but who still clearly isn't it could have been interesting to leave her doctor there and have human doc stay in our universe Ooh. perhaps he, he could magically take the time lord pop back from donna instead donna starts unraveling she'll die if all those memories stay in her mind to fix this doc mind rapes her as she says no repeatedly yeah and she gives it a rating of just have her say i understand i'll miss you god damn yeah those are really good retro rewrite suggestions mm. i mean especially the whole like why can't he if they can use a wibbly wobbly to put a little bit of doc in donna uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not so little it was a cold day 
then, then uh, why can't they use a little bit of wibbly wobbly to take it back and put it mm. in him and then have two time lo- yeah well, no very good idea super good idea Tracy you know what got this you know what this got me thinking about earlier in this episode is what if there are identical twins on Gallifrey i.e. bio matching receptacles <gasps> that if one of them is in peril and the second is on hand he just goes zap oh wait I'm me again and the other one is just a bit you know peppy for a while <laughs> yeah they can just live forever bingo bongo yeah <laughs> bullshit <laughs> <laughs> all that to say thank you so much for sending in your mini Tracy if you want to follow Tracy on Twitter you can she is at yekatnyatnuff that's, that's Fountain Tracy backwards high five nice you guys <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for this episode, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think they've heard enough. I think so, too. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Quick heads up. Alas, next week, we won't be dropping an episode because... Not even the cannibalists! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. No, you're... uh, Sorry, uh, Podcast Land. The cannibalists will not drop next week. Uh, Sorry, I'm out of town. However, next time we drop a review, if it's a classic, it will be of... The Mind of Evil! The next time we drop a new review, it will be of... The next doctor and i've already said what i need to say <laughs> <laughs> until then you can say hello to us online drew you're on twitter right indeed i basically am twitter i'm at drew back when <laughs> Twitter's going through some rebranding stuff. Yeah, me, Donald Trump, and some, you know, extras. <laughs> Marie, unfortunately, is not on Twitter. I say, unfortunately, not a problem, uh, because you can totally contact her by emailing whobackwhen at gmail.com and just uh, leaving her comment or a question or a high-five in email form. You can also high-five me online. I am at Ponken. You, you know, know how, how to, to spell, spell that. that. Weird. until the next time be rad and excellent to each other rock on and cha ciao bye (laughs) kablamo did you enjoy the show then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when tell your friends don't have any friends no problemo tell some strangers like us on facebook that's facebook.com slash who back when all in one word are you on Google Plus? The finals on Google Plus, that's Plus Who Back When. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account. No lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or <laughs> still funny audio Who review. Ciao. Who back when?